episode 197, Nicholas Bailey, How Bad Do You Want It? Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. Head over to ayalpha.com. If you really want to discuss your goals and get that clarity and then create a path to achieve it, all you need to do at this stage, go to ayalpha.com. Click on this episode, for example, scroll down, a link there, you can book in your free call, specific time that works for you as well as me. And these clarity calls stand alone are very powerful. You know, middle of the year, a lot of people are cruising coming into summer. But if you just think, I'm not going to wait till January to, you know, make some significant changes, then let's jump on a call and see how we can make it more of a reality for you. It is time to awaken your alpha. Okay, we have a good one for you this week. This is we're going to find out how bad do you want it this week. So we have Nicholas Bailey on the line. He is the man behind the How Bad Do You Want It podcast. And off the back of that, he has the true challenge where he works with a lot of entrepreneurs to really optimize themselves and get the most out of themselves. So we're going to, he's one of our younger entrepreneurs we've had on the show as well. I was lucky enough to meet him in San Diego towards the, actually the start of this year. Are you ready to awaken your alpha? Oh yeah, I'm ready. So, I mean, Nicholas, within that very brief introduction, is there anything you'd like to highlight or add to it? What are you all about at the moment? Well, first of all, it was awesome meeting you uh, at the beginning of the year, and it was so cool having you come on our show, How Bad Do I Want It? And your episode was awesome. And we went all over the place, but it was entertaining and fun. I'm sure some of the people listening on here went over there and checked that out as well. And it was a fun time, man. So thank you for coming on our show as well. No worries. Let all the listeners know, where are you coming to us from today? So I'm from San Diego, California right now. So I'm not too far away from you now that you moved to the yep. States, right? Yep. So yep. just a couple Eight. thousand miles. Cool. So are you born and bred San Diegan? Yes, I born think, and I, raised. I thought, I thought you was. I thought you was. Just checking again. Never assume because again, San Diego, especially California, is sort of one of the places where a lot of people migrate to. So you never know, especially entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, they're always coming and going all the time. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, I want to dig straight into sort of your origin, your alpha origins. You're only 24. You got married at 20. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of what did you want to be growing up and how do you get to this point at 24 years old, a successful podcast, successful business and happily married? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a give and take, man. Like people that can just go out there and have fun and enjoy life and feel satisfied. I'm really jealous, to be honest. Like (laughs) I've always been so driven at two years old. I was the youngest kid in the world to start racing bicycles. So I was in the newspapers and I had no training wheels at two years old racing a bicycle. I was going to say, I've got, I've got, (laughs) I've got both my kids uh, older than two now. And uh, yeah, they're not racing bicycles to to say the least. Yeah. Imagine that you're two year old, but now they have these strider bikes where they don't have pedals. So someone knocks me off the youngest kid in the world because now they can just have all these custom bikes, but I'd have a regular bike. I mean, I didn't even know how to ride still. They had to put weights on the bike so that I wouldn't catch air because every time I did, I'd turn the bars and I'd flip over the bars and fall. <laughs> Growing up like that, two years old, 
already racing bicycles at four years old. I got bought my first motorcycle down here in Southern California. We're, we're known for racing <laughs> motocross. So that's just what you did. My dad raced back in the day and my uncles. So I was like, you know, I was going into racing motocross. I was so excited. And a story that I've never shared before is I, since like we're kind of on the subject, yeah. I got that motorcycle for Christmas, December 25th here. And yeah got this little tiny blue motorcycle. My dad started it for me. I didn't even know it was real. I was four years old. I was like, is this thing real? This is awesome. And he was more excited than I was. He woke me up in the morning and he started it, put it outside. He knew I could ride a bicycle. Didn't show me anything, threw me on it. And I just went full throttle all the way across the street, straight into the curb on the other side of the street and flipped over the handlebars. And that was the first experience. <laughs> God, I like the sound of your dad. I mean, I come from a dad's point of view as well. I can, I can appreciate that. And now I can use that story. When I get some crazy stuff for my kids, I use you as an example as someone's done worse. It's not that bad. <laughs> Blimey, oh. I should, I'm behind. I should get them a motorbike now. They're like, they're three and five. Yeah, the quicker you can do that, man, the better. Even though there was times where I was so frustrated because my dad was always pushing me outside my comfort zone, always making do things I didn't want to do. Yeah. Looking back now, I'm so good at all these different things, and now I can go and pick them up whenever I want. So yeah. I really was lucky in that way. So, but you know, growing up, I was super into that kind of thing. I was already really focused, and my goal was to become a professional motocross rider. I started racing and doing really well at seven years old. And it was always this struggle of like wanting to be the best, but I was struggling with these insecurities. There was kids that were better than me at riding. There was kids that were more fortunate that, than me that had more stuff. And so at about age 10, I started really pursuing motocross all the way to about age 12, 13, 14. But in that time, like I had started my first business and that was a like lawn mow, like lawn care and you fix up the lawns and you cut the big weeds here in San Diego during the summer. Uh, we would literally get on bicycles and we'd go door to door. And I had these little flyers that I printed out from clip art, which I don't know if anyone knows how to use clip art back in the day, but they're these little like cartoon figures <laughs> that you could <laughs> put on Microsoft Word. So I had one of those guys pushing a lawnmower and it was Nick's lawns, lawn care. And we had to get driven to all these jobs and we were looking and we'd go up to these lawns and we'd be like 50 bucks. And they'd go, deal. And it would take us two full days with two kids. <laughs> so we were getting ripped off, but we were, we were doing well. And it came to the point where we had to invest in all this new equipment to increase the size of our team. And I cashed out. <laughs> I took all the money and I was like, I don't want to invest in any equipment. I'm done. And I shut it down. So more of the funny <laughs> side. First business and then, you know, sold out and moved on. It's awesome. Awesome. I, I had no vision, right? Like I was just thinking, man, I could stuff this all away in my drawer and I was a saver. I'd yeah. put it all into my socks in my drawer. And my dad told me about 10 or eight years later that whenever he needed money, he would actually just go into my drawer and he would take <laughs> it and then put it back in there later. Oh my God. So, I mean, you mentioned obviously the, the how bad do I want it and the true challenge. It's, it's all about entrepreneurs who are, you know, and executives who want to get fit, boost their energy, become more confident than ever before and really develop themselves. And so you have inspiring people um, onto your podcast a couple of times a week, much like this. But I mean, why, what inspired you to do something like that? I know we talked before and we talked about, it's a strange thing to say, but you, you don't look like someone who used to be overweight, as it were. But that is part of your story, I know. Yeah, absolutely. So during that time of racing motocross at about 12 years old, I really wanted to be the best. That's when I really decided, but I was still struggling with the insecurities. And so one day I was in that emotional state of 
you know, all I ever wanted was to be the best. Ricky Bobby says either your first or your last on the Talladega night. <laughs> I totally I exactly. believe that. Hey, I, I piss at excellence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, so I thought that, that was how it was supposed to be. And I told my mentor that I wanted to be the best think, at the time. I was going to say, did you think that was more of a documentary or something to aspire to? As <laughs> <laughs> an awesome film. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. So I, I told my mentor at the time, I was like, I want to be the best. And he said, you'll never be the best. And just to get oh. vulnerable with you guys, that's what he said. It shut me off. I locked Whoa. myself in my house. Yeah. I, did, I quit everything that I was doing. I would drop down from a 3.8 GPA or 3.6 to a 1.8 for the rest of my high school years. I gave up on everything in life and I gained 65 pounds. So the whole point of the story is letting you guys into my internal world where I was 17, 60 pounds overweight, gave up on any entrepreneur ventures, gave up on my dream of being a professional athlete, which you have a window of becoming a professional athlete. I can't pick it up when I'm 30. So, and you know this being an Olympic athlete. So, oh, no, I never made it. <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> hey, but you, in my mind, you are. You're a champion. <laughs> hey, thank you, man. Thanks. But if you would have been here in America, man, you would have made it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, the American standards are ridiculous. It's very hard, but man, yeah, that, but... that is tough. We skirted over it. So, how long a period of your life was that? Because obviously, a year when you're like 15, 16, 17, that's a long time. And obviously, they're, they're tough years, very, uh, to be especially like you said overweight and shutting yourself off and kind of lost your way a bit how long was that period yeah that was about four years and i actually um i didn't talk to my dad for two of those years i didn't say anything to him i went over there for christmas uh we were just really like had this big emotional battle where i was just going through stuff really depressed and so but the thing is is this is where it gets hopeful like So everyone is like, okay, what's going on here? Like, where's the upbeat? Yeah, I'm inspired. <laughs> We're just going to de- depress people today. So come on. What happened? Yeah, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't tell that it's light outside until you experience darkness. Hey, I'm, so, with you. I'm with you on that, man. That's my darkness. And all of a sudden I go to school one day and this kid pulls out this bag of colorful stuff. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's fruit. I was like, oh my gosh, what are you you doing bringing fruit to school, man? It was so funny. And I was like, why did you do that? And he said, I'm a boxer and I have a plan to weigh in at a certain weight. And my, my, you know, my boxer trainer put me on this meal plan to get there. I literally went home with hope. I was motivated. I was like ready to go all all my years. I was motivated towards something. It was just not putting it towards the right thing. So that unlocked something in me. Went home. I was gonna say, it sounds it sounds simple in terms of you sort of went. I'm gonna go and eat colorful things that are not candy or sweets or something. <laughs> Actual naturally colorful things. Yeah, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know how I asked the kid the question. I was obviously fat for a lot of years, and a lot yeah. of kids told me that. I didn't even notice as much as they did. I started every time someone make a comment, I'd do something else to hide my insecurity and not show who I really was. And so I did that through being mean and rude and all this stuff. So I went home, I I got the fruit, my mom bought it for me. I started just eating less of the bad foods I was eating. I still ate them. I just didn't know what to do. Didn't work out. I jumped on my mom's elliptical for five minutes and lost 11 pounds in two weeks and 50 pounds in six months. And I was just like, yes, like empowered. I started getting out of the house more. I got my license. I started going after the sports I was doing again and started thinking about entrepreneurial ventures and obviously meeting my wife along that path. And 
So the whole point of the story is like, it came down to how bad do I want it? One. And two, I experienced my first transformation, not only through the transformation of losing weight, but getting control over myself and my health. And that kind of uh, gave me the propel like propelled me forward to go and start the business, find my wife. Everything that I have right now started right there. Awesome. I mean, you mentioned about me and your wife then. She may be a feature in what you were about to say, but this is our Yoda question. Who helped you awaken your alpha? I'm sure it's not the kid with fruit. <laughs> I know you said your dad was always pushing you. But there, there could be a, a couple of people who are really key at the right time in the right place for you. Yeah, man. So that guy with the fruit, he still doesn't even know that he changed <laughs> my life uh, because I've always been uh, with different types of people in my life that I didn't want to be like, and especially being a different kid that was so focused through my high school years that I was doing something different. I was always working on to get better. The only way I feel satisfied is by getting better at what I love. So myself was a big motivator. Um, it was just, you know, like, getting in tune with who I was and starting to fall in love with the fact that I was so competitive and that I was uh, so driven and starting to love that more. And then along the way, there was mentors that came into my life around 18. I had this spiritual experience where, you know, I, I realized, Oh my gosh, like there's something bigger out there in the world. And that really changed my life for the better where I was starting to operate out of like, like love and kindness rather than that old like temper that I used to have. Mm -hmm. And so through this whole process, you know, there's been people that have come into my life, but it's all been through relationships and friendships. But my wife has been my biggest accountability partner that's there every single step of the way. And we met when we were 17 and 19. And we actually met on Facebook, which is the funniest oh. story. ever. Yeah. And um, we got married a year later. And that's when we started our first business together. And yeah, um, I'm me. So you met on Facebook. When did, so you got married a year later. When did you actually meet face to face? <laughs> How long? Yeah. So this, this yeah. is fun. Cause I don't get to talk about this often, but basically we went to a conference together, a youth conference with 30,000 kids. And I took a picture, one picture there and you can still see it on my Facebook. And it's pretty funny cause it's from so long ago, but it was an accident. And then we added each other on Facebook cause we we're going to the same college, which we were planning on going to this unaccredited college and whatever. And so basically she saw, she saw that we were friends on Facebook. She went and looked at my page and saw that there was one picture from this event she was at. And it was a picture of her. And so <laughs> that's how we met on Facebook. And then wow. from there, her we started talking on Skype and we, yeah. we started talking on the phone just because we just really enjoyed it, like talking. We just liked yeah. who there was. I got turned on to her like as in like I realized who she was yeah. by a post that she made on Facebook of a Ferrari jet. And she said, I want one of these. I was like, she wants a Ferrari jet? I was like, this girl's cool. She's dreaming big. Yeah. I like that. that. That attracted me. So her parents called me up out of the blue. I remember I was 18 years old. I told you I was an entrepreneur. So I was sitting there and I was on eTrade.com at 18 years old, just going, how do I make this thing work? Cause I'm not going to go get a job. I've never had a job before. And so I'm on eTrade and I get this phone call, 614, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, eTrade is already calling me. I haven't even signed up yet. I was like, this is crazy. Someone called me on the phone. They said, hey, we want to fly you out. I'm like, what is going on? And it ended up being Amanda's family, Amanda's parents, oh. wanting to <laughs> out for her graduation. And that was the first time we met in person. We started dating the next day after I got there. Wow. Wow. That is, that is not the, the average story about that. Blimey. 
what made you get married at 20? Is that, did you always, did you always feel like you was going to get married relatively young or did it seem young to you? Did it just seem natural? And were your peers getting married or is it completely different to what was around you? Yeah. So check this out. Nobody was getting married. Nobody expected me to get married maybe ever because I was so focused. <laughs> yeah. I, literally, I was so focused on what I the, did. The bachelor entrepreneur, just, yeah, living by Absolutely. yourself. Yeah. And, and at the time, I actually wanted to be like a missionary and go over and just help people in different countries yeah. and just be the best at that. And so like nobody ever expected me to get married. I never expected to get married, but Amanda and I knew we were going to get married before we started dating. And we actually had the conversation before we even started dating that we knew we were going to get married one day. Wow. And so for me, it was just a shift, this miracle moment where it's like, I know you're going to be my wife. Just when do we do it? So, uh, <laughs> And I was going to wait a couple of years, to be honest. Yeah. This is so weird. Like, I was like, I need to focus on my schooling. I need to focus on other people. You know, I'm only 20, so I'm yeah. not like, or I was 19 at the time. I'm not, I thought, you know, 23, we'll start dating and we'll still get married by 25 or something. The second day after I met her in person, I was like, nope, dating. And then seven days after that, I was like, I hope that someone like somehow thinks that we should get married and pushes us to get married because I was ready to get married seven days after. Wow. And lucky we had the discipline to not get married for a year so that our yeah. parents didn't freak out. <laughs> well, all I can say is it's a really nice feeling when, when you've got that kind of that, that certainty and that belief and that tunnel vision. And I kind of, I had a similar thing with my wife, but I, I, I strung it out a bit because it is, it is freaky to like, to, you know, get married, especially when like it's no one around you and it's not kind of the norm. I suppose in some ways, like being an entrepreneur, if all your friends are going and getting the, the steady job, it is kind of, you do need kind of unshakable belief in yourself. I mean, you talked about you, st you never had a, a standard job. Tell me about some of the businesses or the, the journey to get to the launching the podcast, which I know you, you literally launched this year and it's been absolutely storming it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it was so weird. We always had this deep desire that we were going to be successful and it, it didn't look like it at first. I didn't even have a job when we got married mm -hmm. and believe me, it was never cool back in the day when I was not making any money and didn't have a job. No one said you're just entrepreneurial. And so what that looked like for me is like Amanda and I moved into affordable housing together mm -hmm. because we could, we weren't even making 24 K a year when we got married. So I told that guy the first day we moved in, I said, we will not be able to renew our, our lease because I'll be making over 25 K this year. And Ooh, I had no like clue <laughs> how I was going to do it. I had no clue. I thought I was going to start a cafe or start a brick and mortar company. Cause that's all yeah. I knew. And at the time we got pitched a network marketing company and I was like, I had never heard of them. So mm -hmm. I wasn't like, oh, one of these things again. Yeah. I watched the video, they explained it, and You're I like, said, <laughs> I was like, dang, man, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like, I'm going to get a car. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and so I literally did. I, I, I bought in that night by myself. I didn't go consult anyone. I didn't go ask anybody. Yeah. I saw that what it could do, and I went and bought it on my own and worked it on my own and ended up, you know, uh, doing over 12 and a half thousand in sales and getting our car in the first like, you know, 23 days or something like that. And I thought, but I thought that was the end right there. Yeah. I thought I'm going to be able to retire on this. We're doing 40 K a month in sales. And I'm like, this is way above my expenses. Yeah. I'm going to go. And that's just not how life is. Life is long. You always have to keep getting better. If you're not moving forward, you're going to be pushed backwards. So and what happened then? Because obviously I'm always interested in people's experiences with these kind of network marketing firms. So tell us what happened. Well, we got complacent. They say the worst part of success is a little bit. 
because mm. when you get a little bit so easily, it ends up making you so lazy that you forget what, to, what got you to that point. Yeah. And so that was a learning process for us. We we're going out to dinners every day. We we're waking up at 1130 AM, going to bed at 2 AM, just hanging out, cruising, doing a little bit of work. And uh, we were doing fine though. Our company was growing. I was really excited. We started, you know, doing little things. I mean, keep, take, like we're 20 and 18 at this point. So, uh, it wasn't that crazy. Our expenses were really low, but then all of a sudden, just like in this industry that's out there, and I'm not saying that you can't do it right, uh, but someone came over to part of our team that was doing 20K a month in sales or 28K or something, and they went up to them and said, hey, if, if you come over to my company, like you don't have to work hard and you won't, Nick makes you work hard. I'll make you do nothing and I'll get you paid a bunch of money. And so all these people were like, yeah, cause it was an influencer that invited them over. So yeah. they were like way more famous than me. They all leave and none of them made a dime. And I felt so bad for them. And I was like, you know what? We're going to start our own company after this. And that's when we launched the true challenge in 2014 uh, and really launched it in January of 2015. Yeah. So we've been interviewing all these sort of inspiring people what are some of the common traits you've noticed for all these people in terms of how they've become success, successful? What do you think really stands out in your mind? Yeah, so it's so crazy. I always ask all these people, like, what are you doing now to see greater success or to grow in your life? Not just the things they're learning about or these like little things that they're trying to do to implement. They, they go to straight to action that they're doing. So I thought that was one of the biggest things was that these people, not all of them are smarter than a lot of the people listening right now. Uh, some of them might not know even as much about the industry that they're in as the people that are listening, but they're executing on what they know. And that's reaping a big reward more than being really, really smart or having good ideas, execution on an okay idea will always bring more results than no execution on a best idea. So I want to dig in now to basically our alpha round. So I want to start that off with, if you had to recommend one book that was either a book that has been really helpful to you or you think people should read this and they get something out of it, it was the book that springs to mind. So I had a really transformational experience with Think and Grow Rich. So okay. Think and Grow Rich. In your podcast, who is your favorite interview so far? And I'll, I'm going to, because I, I don't want you to just say me because that's the boring answer. So I'll, <laughs> I'll exclude myself from that. So, you know, you get, it's almost like who's the second favorite interview for you. So who's the favorite interview in your podcast so far? Man, that's a really hard question. Why? So Caleb Maddox is, uh, was a really fun one for ah, me. That's the young guy. We're talking about him. He's, he's really, is he 14? Uh, yeah, he's 14 years old. He's already made over 100K. And it was just a fun interview just because it was all motivating. It was all inspiring. And, yeah. uh, you know, he told his story better than some of the people that have lived a lot longer. His story is very short when yeah. he was five, you know, he's like five years old, just right around the corner. So now that he's 14, it's a lot different. And, but he was a great storyteller, a great motivator, and just gave such practical tools that all you need is a million dollar idea and a million dollar work ethic. And you can make a million dollars. Absolutely awesome. No, I, I, I'm, very, I'm very curious about him because obviously I've seen a few videos and the fact that I suppose that I've seen some of his videos, something's working and obviously he's getting out there. Why do you, I mean, you're you just touching, he's got a good idea, but what, what is his game plan in terms of, is his core, uh, sort of his core business just looking to do sort of keynote speaking um, and coaching people? What is it he is all about apart from obviously a motivator? 
Yeah. So he has uh, keys for success for kids and that's like his ah, right. like membership site for kids. And I think that's the biggest thing. He's been partnering with other influential kids in his business, helping get as many parents to buy their kids into his program. And they get a video every day for the whole year. And there's kids out there that are getting D's and F's and now they're starting to get A's and B's in their classes. They're starting to treat people better. So they're helping kids. That is, no, that is awesome. I really like that because, you know, a lot of these things are set up by, you know, older people ultimately and then it's all about the messenger if they can actually get a message from someone of similar sort of age to themselves who's actually doing it um, at their own peer i think that's really powerful okay so this round is the complete blank around so you're just going to fill in the blanks for me and finish my sentence and we'll find out a little bit more about you hey be careful i'm going to say the first thing that comes to my head <laughs> we start off nice and easy then okay your best friend would describe you as dominant <laughs> dang it <laughs> Is, is your best friend your wife? I just think that even weirder. It is, but my even my friend that was my best yeah. friend that trained me, he would probably say dominant as well. <laughs> dominant. I've never had that one. That's a good thing. If I was ever to visit San Diego, I should? Go to the beach. Which beach? Uh, La Jolla Shores. La Jolla Shores. Very nice. I, I've been there. Very nice. Very nice. Your favorite food of all time is? Mexican food. So carne asada burrito. Uh, you can tell you from California, whenever I go to California, it's, I like sushi, I like Mexican food. Your favorite movie of all time is? Homeward Bound. Is, is, what one is that? Is that with a dog? <laughs> I told you it's the first thing that came to my mind. So it's the, it's the dogs that get taken to a different house while the family's on vacation and they think they're stuck there with the cat. And so they'd make a journey that all the, the way one. back. Home. That is an awesome film. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. That's such a good film. But Space Jam would probably be actually first. Homeward Bound might be Space Jam. Oh, my God. It has got Michael Jordan in it, so I, I give it – I like that, but it, it was quite upsetting for me, Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like when uh, Shaq did Kazam. It's, uh, yeah. it's never going to be a winning combination, I don't think. Who should I interview next on my podcast? Uh, Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Have you managed to get him on your podcast yet? Uh, no, we haven't yet. We want to be able to go to his house, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. No, that's um, a good one. But tell me about the true challenge. What is the true challenge? Yeah, so the biggest thing is I take my story, what I've been through emotionally, everything on the journey of health and growing a business. And I made a company for people that grow businesses and want to have more confidence and control over their health. So we have one-on-one -on -one clients and we have our membership site, which is called everydayfitentrepreneur.com. And it's just awesome, man. Like we make sure people get the motivation that they need and we give them the accountability and everything that they need to succeed in their health. So apart from obviously signing up to the true change, when someone obviously needs the true change or needs to start taking better care of themselves, what is some advice you would give them maybe in the, the first stages of your true change? Where, where would you start with someone? Yeah. So the, like the biggest thing is realizing what's important in life. Like you need to figure out if you didn't work out and this is all in our blogs and everything like that. We have in our podcast, we have tons of free stuff out there if you guys want to go get it. But the thing is, is what's the most important thing? Like how long can you live without working out? And most of you guys would be like, probably my whole life. Like, I mean, I might not live as long, but, or as healthy, but you go a long time. And then I ask you, how long can you live without eating? And at least 40 days, like people do that all the time, which I think is crazy, but 40 <laughs> yes. days, how much, how much time without water? And that's only three days and then you die. And then how much time without breathing? Mm. And that's three, four, five minutes and then you die. 
So I just, I just always say, start with the thing that's most important. Learn how to breathe throughout your day. Learn how to get water, work on your nutrition, and then think about going to the gym. Everyone does it backwards. They yeah. go, I need to get in the gym, and then I need to learn how to eat, and then I need to make sure I'm drinking water, and then they don't even think about breathing. And so I just <laughs> keep it simple, man. It's I like, like it. No, I like that. I like the simple approach. And like when, more importantly, though, when you explain it like that, it just does sound very logical. And you're like, yeah, why does everyone do it backwards? By I completely agree with that. It's brilliant. Okay, and then bring it, closing it all together, Nick, I just want to ask you, is there a, this is our alpha quote, is there a quote that really resonates with you or you like to live your life by um, on a daily basis? Well, there's a couple of people that fight over the, like who actually said this quote, yep. but it's either you can make excuses or you can make results, but you can't make both. I heard it from Danny Johnson, uh, but it's just, there's only two ways to look at it. You can either make an excuse or get results. Boom, absolutely awesome. Well, Nick, they want to connect and find out more about you um, is the best way to go to the truechallenge.com or what's the best way? Yeah, they go to the truechallenge.com or they can just go search how bad do I want it podcast on iTunes and just go check that out. Just the biggest thing is if you, if you think you want more motivation and you want to change from the inside where it's not so hard to go out and take action, go check out that podcast and that'll lead you to a few other things. We have the how bad do I want it community on Facebook and you guys are all free to come join there. We'll introduce you into the group. You can talk about what you do, where you're at with your business or whether you've started one or not or Maybe you're an athlete, whatever you are, you come in there and get the support you need. So you're welcome to come on over. Cool. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Head over to ayalpha.com. Now's the chance. If you've been listening to the show, feel free to book yourself in to discuss your goals and then create a path to achieve it. I'm here to help you, whether it's to give you that clarity or partner with you going into the end of 2016 to really finish off this year strong. If you're serious about taking some action, let's start it off with jumping on the phone with me. Have a great week and I'll speak to some of you very soon.